we're back. Did you miss us? I uh, hope you've enjoyed this day as much as we have. Cleveland, we're not a sports town. We're a draft town. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, I cut off Justin there. So, Justin, what did you want to say? Let's go! Uh, hello, everyone. Let's go for 2,000 subscribers, first of all. Thank I mean, you. yes. I, last time I checked, we are at 1,099. Let's see. We are 2,002, so we are officially there. All right. We didn't uh, what, chicken, see? What, what a day. <laughs> uh, if you want all of the – I'm not wearing a hat because it's still in the ceiling from when I threw it when they won the pick. <laughs> it's just sitting up there. If I had some kind of camera to show better – I would show you guys what an exciting day. Um, our live live draft stream is going to be the most successful video we've ever done. Uh, my now might end up being our, our best short. Uh, it's exciting. Cleveland had never picked first. Oh, now I don't have it written down. First, 19th, 25th, and 30th. Now they're picking first. Oh, and third. First time ever. I always like to bring this up. They picked second five times. Steve Dunning, Rick Manning. Um, Paul Shuey was the last who, yes, was a reliever at the time. And then this is my favorite little bit of historical information. They picked, um, second in 86 and 88. Okay. So 86 and 88, because the, it used to go NLAL, NLAL. Um, and those are the years the NL had to pick between those two. And I'm being very careful in finger usage here. This is the Ken Griffey Jr. Draft. So it's like Greg Swindell, Mark Lewis, Ken Griffey Jr. Um, so mm -hmm. talk about picking the wrong year to not be bad. Uh, you know, Greg Swindell, one of the greatest picks in the history of this franchise, 30 war for that guy. I think sometimes we forget just how good he was. Unfortunately, it was back when Cleveland could not make a good trade to save their lives. We won't revisit that. It is a happy day. No. Instead, first no, overall pick. We got a lot to talk about. Let's, yeah. Let's, and we let's also have to describe in. how picks work and how the draft works, because yeah. one thing became abundantly clear as the evening went on. People don't understand any of this. Which is fine. Look, okay, so a lot yeah. of this is new. And there's there's some fantastic <laughs> details of Baseball America. I know not everyone's going to subscribe to Baseball America. I do. They do great work. Um, but they, they had a good detailed story about how how this happened. And um, there was a 1,001 ping pong combinations that were possible. So a lot of outcomes could have happened. And actually, the Nationals picked for, got the number one overall pick in the first round of this draft or the first – uh, iteration, but because the Nationals were ineligible to pick any higher than 10th, they had to redo it. And number two was Cleveland. Just incredible odds. Uh, what did I say it was? It was it was 50 to 1 odds for Cleveland to pick first overall. It was 5,000 to 1 odds that Cleveland and Cincinnati would pick number one and two overall. Um, so this is just an incredible, incredible day for Cleveland for this half. And I mean, Chris Antonetti even said, uh, you know, so did some media after that this was not on their radar. They figured the odds are so low. They didn't even come to the day thinking about it. This has the potential to be a seriously franchise changing day. And I don't want to say like, you know, ten, whatever. We don't know how the long-term impact is going to be, but for the next 10 years or so, the next, you know, eight years, whatever it's going to be, has potential to be uh, a franchise changer for this, this organization. And honestly, we'll talk about how, how this works and how this happened, but I think both of us, a lot of people in Cleveland have kind of felt downtrodden and 
you know, you've seen articles about the payroll and talks about how Cleveland doesn't have money from their TV contract. Like a lot of teams don't. And um, just, they weren't going to add players and people were, you know, bemoaning the fact that they're going to give Miles straw one more chance. I think a lot of people were pretty upset about how this off season was going. I included, I felt like there wasn't a lot to get excited about. And I know not everyone's going to get excited about the draft and, you know, there are definitely reasons to be skeptical because it's the draft. You just never know and how it's all going to work out. But I think this is a reason to celebrate. I think this is a reason to get excited. This has a chance to be a, not just the number one overall pick, but I mean, yes, Cleveland's going to have access to a very, very good player, we think. And they're going to have three of the top 48 picks in the draft as of now. Could be even more. Uh, they could move up from the 48 spot in the, in the second round. This is a reason to get excited up from 36 as well. They could. Yeah. Depending on how for agency goes, I think this is a reason to get excited. And I understand people who won't get excited. I understand that. But for people like us and for, I think they're, I think fans should get excited because I think there's a chance they're going to take a very good player number one overall. And with the money that they're going to get from this draft, there's a chance they're going to get some very, very good players. They could really change this farm system around the farm system is not really bad it's just middling it's not as good as it's middling right now it's definitely kind of stuck in neutral this has a chance to jump start it with the v8 engine and this is gonna this is exciting so um and, and as we talked about in the live too i know some people have this feeling that oh the draft of baseball who cares we won't see these guys for five or six years and that's true for a lot of players but the last couple of years we've seen players move much faster uh, some of that's due to the rules forcing that to happen, but also there are players in this draft that could move fast, even for an organization that's generally conservative like Cleveland. There are players in this draft that could move quickly. Like there's a reason to feel like within Jose Ramirez's window of this contract, you could see this number one overall pick in Cleveland. Yeah, no, it's, and it's, I mean, look at last year, Skeens, Cruz and Langford could all be up in the first two to three months next year. Like these guys move quick. This isn't quite the way it used to be. And let yes, let's address the elephant in the room before we kind of get into some of the the nuts and bolts parts. None of these guys, as of now, are in that Skeens Langford Cruise group. But then again, most years don't have one of those three, let alone all three. That was kind of a, a lucky situation for those teams. Um, but they're still very good players, very interesting players. And this time a year ago, Skeens wasn't even the top pitcher in the class. Uh, there was debate if he should be ranked second or third amongst the college arms. So I think at the end of the day, it's a situation yeah, Chase where Dollar you, was the top pitcher. Yeah. I mean, and by far, and there were, and we'll have to see how it plays out. There'll be guys who jump up. There'll be guys who slide, but there's, you know, you and I are kind of down to two guys, uh, Kurtz and, uh, Bazzani. We'll talk about Bazzani. them more later. And we'll talk about them more later, but they're both very good prospects. And don't just jump into a naturally negative vine because that's your setting. Um, you know, I saw so many people kind of just immediately start searching for reasons to be negative, and it's just silly. Don't don't be that person. Don't just immediately jump into a, a negative well because something went went right for this team. Uh, because you should be excited. They've never had this pick, as I've stated before. They managed to pull, you know, I just didn't want them to slide backwards. And let's point out again for all the people who were like, I want them to finish second because you, you don't get a trophy for second place. If they had finished second in this division, if they had swept the Tigers and got second place, they'd be picking 11th and not one. If they and went that, two or three that weekend, they would have yeah. been picking 11th. So 
that's how thin this margin was. They were this close to to not to being 11th. And then all of a sudden you're not only are you missing out on all the, you know, getting your pick of the litter, you're losing millions of dollars in pool money. And you're probably missing out on like some of those other guys like Mike Sirota that I talked about earlier. Like it, it, it would have been a kick in the in the pants to go from where they were down to 11. And that's what was on the line. And thankfully they lost to the Tigers, finished third, and now have the top pick in the draft. Get excited. If you're not excited, I don't know what to tell you. Um, are we going to do break? And then I can come back and talk about how the money is wrong. Uh, all these people making comments about trades or uh, not being able to afford the pick. Should we talk about how silly these statements are? Um, no, let's 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 blow that out of the water right now because yes, there are a lot of people out there who look. I got I got flooded with messages. I'm sure you got more. I I don't really post on Facebook a whole lot, but I post something on Facebook talking about it because I know a lot of people that follow that I and friends on the Facebook don't follow this stuff, and I could immediately tell nobody follows this stuff because they're like, oh, they'll trade it down or they'll they won't spend the money or they'll pick someone who should be picked 20th to save money. Um, that doesn't happen at the top of the, the draft, like. A couple of years ago, the Pirates took Henry Davis, and at the at the worst, he was a top five player. Um, he was number yes, one they, on my board at the time. Yeah, and and yes, the, did they pay him the, the full slot number one? No, but a lot of teams don't do that for a reason. No one we'll pays full into. slot. No one yeah, gets we'll, full slot at one ever. We'll get we'll get into that, but um, last year last year Cleveland had a a. A little bit north of eight and a half million in their draft pool. That was eight. Where if you're watching on YouTube, we have it up there. It was eight point seven six three seven hundred. They spent over ten million in the draft last year, and that includes going over rounds eleven through twenty, where the base is one hundred fifty thousand. Not going to get into all that, but Cleveland, except for twenty twenty, always spends to the upper tier of their draft pool, sometimes over or close to it. Twenty twenty, throw everything out from twenty twenty. I, I want to oh. forget twenty twenty. We all do. Just, just to give some background on this, to jump in here, you can go up to basically 5% minus a penny, and then you get you get extra money on that. So even that total spent there by Justin is not quite true because then they had to pay fines on that amount. So they spent even more than the listed $10 million because all the money over pool to that 4.99, and they always spend to like $100 shy of it. Um, so they probably spent closer to $11 million last year on that pool when you add in fines. Well, maybe not. Maybe closer to like 10.75, but still it puts them in a, they, they accepted a fine. Not all teams do that. Cleveland does it every single year. 2020 is the only outlier. It's a weird draft. It's a weird year. Everything was off every other year. They've blown past their slot. They are spending, you know, every dime they have that they can possibly spend without why do they not want to get to 5%? Once you hit 5%, you forfeit a first round pick. So that's why they're not going that high. They go to the max without forfeiting a pick and they spend all of it. And that's, and again, we talk about the pool. All those day three guys don't count unless they're over that max value. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they still spend on those picks. They spend on their other players. They're moving things around. This team spends on the draft. They may not spend in free agency, but they spend every single year on the draft without fail. And that's They've why it's never okay to get cheap. excited. There's a lot yeah, of things gonna... this off to be down about. And no. the major league payroll is a reason. But this is a reason to get excited. Like, allow yourself to be excited about something for once. I don't and want they, to tell anybody how to yeah. feel, but this is something you can legitimately get excited about. I think, and they're I not going to cheap fans out. Deserve a reason to, right? They're yeah. This gets it's figured okay into yeah, and people get mad because they're. But here's the thing: this team knows the value of the draft. They know they can't compete in free agency. They can't, but they know they can compete in the draft, and that is why this is a priority when they are figuring out 
Um, every single year without fail, they have found the money for this. Basically, the last time they really cheaped out on the draft was 2007. That was the Lonnie Chisenhall draft, I want to say. And that was the year they traded Paul Bird. And then Paul Bird's trade allowed them to go out and sign TJ House, um, Bryce Sowall, um, T- Tim Federoff, a bunch of guys like that. So they, they, they that year was still kind of... But since then, it, it has been max every year. Yeah. They have not had to do anything like that. Don't worry about, oh, they're going to cheat. They're not going to cheap out. They're not. End of story. Yeah. A lot more to talk about. Stick with us. So Jace is our sponsor. I got a cat in my lap, but I'm still going to reach over and get this Jace case. And I have mine. Uh, and for me, the big thing here with the Jace case is... It has an antibiotic specifically to fight sinus infections. And I get those all the time. How many people complain about my coughing on the show? I have been using the Jace case. Um, I went and looked online and saw, you know, what is my amount I need to take of an antibiotic? Because that is how you treat a sinus infection. It's antibiotics. And do I sound better? Am I coughing less? Yes, you do. I, exactly. So it worked for me. And that's what's nice. It cuts out the middleman. You're getting it actually at a cheaper price through Jace because it's, almost feels like a medical wholesaler to a degree, but it, you know, you're getting a cheaper cost on your pills and you're getting them ahead of time and you can sit there and have them and have that peace of mind and know like, Oh, I got a sinus infection. I, you know, I got to wait and see a doctor. I got to wait to get my med. Nope. You already have it on hand. It's all taken care of. So, it, you know, if you want to be prepared today, go to jsmail.com, use the code locked on and get $20 off your order on what is already a great discounted product. Hey, remember when I said that Jeff and I might not be on Lockdown Sports Day during the winter meetings? Turns out that might be wrong. Uh, you should check out Lockdown Sports Day, the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel, uh, sports streaming channel on YouTube. Uh, it's going to cover all the top stories of the day with our local experts. Maybe that's us. Maybe not. Uh, and it's going to have our national shows like Lockdown LB, who will definitely be covering. Maybe they won't be covering the draft, but somebody will. Um, so Lockdown, Lockdown, Lockdown Sports today. Lockdown Prospects. Yes, yeah, Lockdown Prospects, well. yeah. Lockdown yeah, Prospects is already quoting me tomorrow. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. So go over to, after you're done watching us, go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. It's going to be bigger than ESPN, whatever that is. No. Um, okay. So, yeah, very quickly, let's talk about the money, the money factor. So, we, we just talked about how a lot of people are looking for reasons to be negative. They won't spend. The Guardians do spend on the draft. That's one area they do spend on. And they're not going to pump the pick to save money. They're not going to go Carson Tucker here. Nobody nukes their draft and, that bad. Like it, people I thought. Interrupt. Yes. And Carson Tucker wasn't nuking the draft. That wasn't cheapness. That money is how they got PD Halpin. Now, if PD Halpin doesn't work out, or if Milan Tolentino doesn't work out, then that's the cost of it. And you could mm-hmm. also go back and look at um, 2012 with Tyler Naquin, where they did the same thing. Those picks didn't work out, but they took big swings. I have never been happier on day two of a draft as I was in that 2012 draft. And it's like, wow, they got, you know, uh, Howard and McClure and Adams. And, and I was just, Ooh, I, I can't listen to those names. I can't uh, do it. And Hambrick and like every single pick. I was so excited. <laughs> None of them even got close to the big leagues. Unfortunately, uh, Kieran Lovegrove was probably the best. He was the one who got great dude. A good Did dude. Great, he, great he, dude. He got up to the upper minors. I thought he might have a chance as a reliever. Great dude. Um, but that's the thing it gives you and as i mentioned earlier no one's gets full slot last year skeen's got 9.2 slot was 9.7 
I don't know if anyone's going to approach Skeens. Like, I don't think this is necessarily, you know, of late, we've seen every year the top overall pick kind of resetting the market. I don't know. Like right now, there might not be anyone who, um, who's quite worth that. So they might get a little more savings, but you know, some guys could break out. Some guys could show a little bit more. It's early on again. Skeens was not Skeens this time a year ago. Uh, and it's still a good draft at the top. This is not back like the year AJ Puck was our top prospect heading into the season. And the, the, the whole situation was an absolute murder show at the top. And, you know, the Corey Ray, AJ Puck year, like th- that's not this. Um, this isn't even frankly the Clint Frazier year where one could make a case. This will get me in so much trouble that right now the hype on Justin Kirk is vaguely reminiscent of um, Chris Bryant at the time. Um, you know, it, he was not the most hype guy. There's a reason why he didn't go first overall. So it, again, I, people are going to be like, oh, you're just trying to make it sound better. No, I, we genuinely like these guys at the top. Yeah. And the money, the money factor here is, is important because while Jeff is, you're saying that no one's going to reach maybe the Paul Skeen status or, or challenge that the important thing to remember is that that's not a Cleveland thing. That's, that's an NLB thing. No matter who had this number one overall pick, that was going to be true because we do think this is going to be a good draft. At least it's going to be very nice at the top and there should be some depth after. Like, I feel like the first like couple four picks are good. And then the rest of it's kind of a, it's kind of messy to figure out. There'll be good players. There's a lot of depth to it after that, but it's like four and then 12 for the next two. But no matter, no matter who picked first, this was going to be the case. So it's not just Cleveland. It was going to be the case no matter who picked here. And there's a lot of good players to pick. The money matters here by this, our buddy, Carlos Colazzo over at um, great dude. Yeah. Great dude over at baseball America. So for the money aspect here and the strategy is, um, you know, if you look watching on YouTube, where does Frank displaying his tweet? Because I can't, we've talked so much today. I'm losing, my uh, ability to I, speak I, clearly. <laughs> you want me to read it off then? No, I, I got it. It's okay, uh, yeah, okay. so they, the money, the money they were able to add by moving from pick nine to one. If you look at last year's slot values was a extra $4 million in their bonus. So we don't know what the, we don't know what the overall uh, slot values and total bonus pools are yet for 2024. But if you base it on last year's Cleveland, basically just added $4 million to their, to their slot pool for this year. And that matters because Cleveland is a team that likes to spread the wealth around in terms of their bonus pool. They don't, and nobody, like you said, nobody goes full slot at number one. Usually Cleveland's not going to be prepared for that. Now someone somewhere is going to tell you, Oh, Cleveland didn't spend like they, number one, didn't spend the full slot at number one overall pick. They're being cheap. No one They does. never do. Nobody does. But what they do is they take this money and they do it with the 36th pick and they do it with the 48th pick and they do it with the 68th pick, whatever it is. And you're trying to get more good players down the draft. This is how you um, negotiate high school players who have commitments to colleges that, that have high bonus demands. You say, we're willing to offer you X amount of dollars if you skip college. The agent shops that deal around and says, hey, Cleveland's willing to give us $2 million at the 48th pick. What are you willing to give us? And if that team says, no, we're not going to go there. They're going to pass on that pick and they're going to say, okay, we're not drafting. That's how they got to help Again, that's how they got it. Right. So if Cleveland's offering $2 million for this kid, the 48th pick and, and the giants are like, yeah, we're not giving you 2 million. So we're not picking you at 40, whatever he gets to Cleveland at 48 because they have that money down there. That's how you buy good players down the board. There's no trading picks. This is the equivalent to trading a pick. I'll say this. Well, okay. They're not going to trade. Uh, well, two things real quick here. One, so on top of that $4 million Justin showed, the other part is, again, 
this team always goes over. So if you add in that extra 5%, that's an additional, not just 4 million, but that extra 5% is $200,000. So then you're getting talking about 4.2 million. And that matters because no one's going to get the full slot. And th that means you're, when you look at the value there, that even if that player gets all but a million or like last year, all but half a million, uh, it's giving you 700,000 more to play with. Now you can trade competitive balance picks. Um, and I would love to see Cleveland start talking to these teams, like, you know, seeing if the Rays, you know, if the comp, the They're Brewers not trade theirs. No, no. I, and I saw someone be like, Hey, because they have the first overall pick, doesn't this give them like, shouldn't they consider trading theirs? Cause they don't, it's like, no draft picks are exponential, bigger pool, bit more picks, more you can do trading is is silly when you're picking high you want to own the draft you don't want to give up ownership that easily so no that that's absolutely the wrong take in this case like the brewers have traded a, a uh compy picks in the past for a reliever like i'm just calling them tomorrow and be like hey uh do you want to need a, the mariners if they're looking for some contact guys uh can we interest you i i'm not going to say any names i no but now we're going to Thanks. Now we're going to get that in the comments tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but more, I would want more in the comp B pick. But again, at the same time, I mean, the comp B pick is similar to where you drafted him. So it's a similar value many years later, but you've gone through development. I don't know. But I, I'd be calling these teams. I, I would see if someone's willing to move off these, these comp B picks. If, you know, the Rockies are willing to move off a comp A or if the D-backs or Orioles are. Like, I would try to add multiple picks. I think it is a, a way to... The more picks you get, the more exponential value, the bigger your pool, the even more you can do with it. And if you're drafting college and high school guys, it's not like you're overstocking your lower minors because they're at different levels. Again, one of these top overall picks is expected to be in the bigs now in about a year and a half to two years. If you have the high school kid, they're still, you know, probably four to five years to six to seven away. So it's not like you can have a ton of draft picks and it's not going to make your system too heavy, unlike other sports. All right, are you ready to talk about wait the way too early? There's you know, after tonight, I'm too fired up. It's not way too early, but are you ready to talk about who could the Guardians draft next year that we can get excited about to be here relatively soon? We're gonna find out. All right, well, yes, last year it would have been great to have the number one overall pick. Um there was no wrong pick. There was no wrong pick there. Langford, Cruz, Schemes, didn't matter. You could pick any of those guys and feel very good about who you picked number one. Uh, it was a deep draft. Only the Tigers uh, made the wrong choice. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair to argue. I, I can definitely see that. Not a um, knock on the player, but you couldn't. The, passing the on, on the, the big spot. three is yeah. not a smart choice. It was rough. Yeah. But for Cleveland – Based on their track record, I know they took a high school player last year, but let's remember this. Cleveland, outside of Clint Frazier in 2013, coming off a 90-loss season, yeah. you know, they picked fifth overall. They haven't picked that high since. They've had, you know, the Will Benson pick, the uh, – what did they – I think Brady Aiken kind of low. And he was teens. I think were those guys. Yeah. Brady Aiken was teens. Uh, generally, Bogeta they don't get above the, the 20s. Yeah. Yeah, they don't get above the teens. So – that never happens. They don't have yeah, access. Frazier, Lindor, that, and Pomeranz are the last three, right? Yeah, those are all high school players. And to be fair, we don't know who's going to pop up from high school. There are high school picks that people do like, but those guys generally, you know, you hear more concrete than moving up the board later in the cycle because you just don't know how a 17-year-old is going to look coming into the spring. It's hard to say. College guys, you've got a track record on. 
I think for right now, based on what we know now, I think Cleveland will play it safe. I don't mean safe in a bad way. I mean it's safe that they're going to take a guy they have a lot of data on and a guy they really like. And to me, that says I think that's I think we both agree it's down to two players as of now, and this could all change. Like we said earlier in the show, everybody thought that Chase Dollander was the top pitching prospect in last year's draft, and he fell what to ninth to Colorado, I mean, and Skeens was number one a year ago at this time. Was wasn't he not to like throw you on the bus, but he was your guy, one. wasn't he? He was my yeah. guy. Yeah, I, st- I still like Dollander, but yeah, the, the stock has definitely gone down for him. So look, things between now and July could absolutely change. But the two guys. There, there are three college hitters, a college pitcher, and I think two college hitters we both really like at this given time mm-hmm. that are worth getting excited about. We'll see what happens, but the track records on them are so good. So let's start with Travis Bazana, a yeah. uh, infielder hey, hey. slash outfielder from Oregon State. And I just want to say this right now. like, Yes, guys will pop up, but right now it is a weak high school class, and if you look at most listings, it's going to be of the top 10 picks, top 10 rated guys. I would bet eight to 10 of them are college players. So college, which yeah, is fine, so it's, yeah. it's not Cleveland again, being cheap or being afraid to take a risk. Uh, so Travis, th- this is the guy I think like on paper is the target. Uh, Cape MVP. We know how important that is. Oregon state, well-developed hitter. Uh, he's, you know, stole was it? You said 50 out of 56 bases the last yep. two years. Um, never chases, doesn't miss in the zone has high-end exit velocity. So while he hasn't hit a ton of power, power home runs yet, like the all the tools are there. Like he looks like a 20 to 25 home run. He looks like a guy who could be a perennial, perennial 2020 guy. Maybe some 30, 30 Second years base in there. or left field. Maybe Second center, base or left field. Yeah, a good athlete. He's not going to strike out. He's going to get on base. It's really positive. And again, you look at contact rate. You look at up the middle player. You look at Cape Cod MVP. Like we're kind of talking about all the stuff Australian. So, you know, people love that accent. Uh, I'll I'll (laughs) let you, let you talk about Nick Kurtz next because uh, for me, we know for for me, there's only one player right now. I I'm, it's going to be hard for me to come off of Nick Kurtz. So um, one of the profiles we like a lot and Cleveland likes a lot. And a lot of play, a lot of teams like this profile is guys who don't chase. Right. So (laughs) Travis Bazana doesn't chase and all the great things that, that Jeff just said about him, you know, zone contact, and you pair the ability to make contact with the ability to also hit for power. We're not just talking about a slap hitter here. We're talking about a guy who legitimately has 25 home run power. Um, he had a, had a chase, chase rate of 15%. Nick Kurtz had a chase rate of 14.6. So right in the same range, this is a guy with 39 career home runs in college. So in a complete hit. band box. So I will, I will give. All right, fine. Uh, 39. Yeah. 39 home runs in two years. A guy who walks more than he strikes out, um, and this is a this is a area of need. I mean, who cares? Look, I know some people are going to say, well, "What about Naylor? What about Manzardo?" If Nick Kurtz is the best player on the board, that is who Cleveland should take. The best player available. If that is who they believe is the best player available, that's who they should take. Don't Agreed. you don't care about position. And there are people out there. We'll see what happens this season. But there are. I have read people saying that they're they think there's enough athleticism to play Nick Kurtz in a corner. Also 500 OBP. This is a guy who gets on base, hits the heck out of the ball and doesn't chase. There are all traits here that Cleveland loves. I know he hasn't played in the Cape, but uh, well, he hasn't played for team USA since he was 12. So I can't really say that counts towards anything, but he did play for team USA at age 12. (laughs) Here's the the reasons to maybe like just debate him. I know we're we're running on time. Um, The big issue is first baseman and we, they, they don't tend to translate well. And then also first baseman, we keep hearing about how first basemen are athletic and like, like I'm 
can switch positions. We heard this um, with multiple high first base runners recently. Yeah. Torkelson, um, I'm blanking. Uh, you know, Andrew Vaughn did move out there, and then it was really bad. And there was someone else, and, and none of them have actually successfully switched. So it's really hard to actually do that transition. Evan White uh, stayed at first base as well. Um, it's a risky so profile. It's, it's sure. a it's the risk in the profile. It's in terms of hitter, it's a higher ceiling. Um, but in terms of like when you add in speed and defensive profile, that's where it might go the other way. Chase Burns, uh, he's going to the pitching factory that is Wake from Tennessee. Tennessee's had some kind of disappointing performance guys the past few years. Uh, he is clearly the top pitcher right now in this class. He misses a ton of bats. He is, uh, you know, he's a bulldog. He, he just looks like the part of a future one, future two. But I think you and I are both of the general view that the one thing Cleveland is good at is developing pitching unless they feel like he has a chance to be the one, you know, if he, if he's going to be a top five to 10 pitcher, then okay, fine. Run with it. Otherwise go for the bigger need. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Before we, I'm not, uh, I do have JJ Weatherhall. We could talk about him another show. We were running Mm -hmm. out of time. I want to ask you one thing, Jeff, who is the last Cleveland's never picked number one overall, obviously, but they have had number one overall players play for them. Who was the last number one overall pick to play for the Cleveland franchise? And that wasn't a guardian. It was an Indian. It was an Indian. Um, this was not a good Tim draft Belcher. Pick. No, no, this was not a good draft pick though. Uh, in the, in the, uh, in the instance of time here to save time, it was Brian yeah. Bullington. He pitched for the Indians and in he got I drafted in 02. He pitched for the Indians just in a 08. terrible pick. Like that was when the pirates drafted him, they said, we think he can be a good third or fourth starter. With the first overall pick. Um, the Pirates, the Pirates that, took so many bad picks. I could do a whole show on that. The prior to that, Harold Baines, Sean Dunstan, Jeff Shaw, Alan Bannister, David Clyde, Eric Reich, George Hendrick, Chris Chambliss, and Rich Hand, all number one overall picks to pay, play for Cleveland. Obviously not drafted by them. Hey, guess what? There are more drafts tomorrow, Jeff. It's the Rule 5 draft. Yeah, and so guess uh, what we're going to do tomorrow? We're going to talk about more draft talk stuff. About that, and I'll say that Kyle Bodie just released his list of like interesting pitchers, and uh, Miklo Jack and Burns made it. So he did interesting there. Great. So did Tobias Myers. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. No, know, Tobias Myers legitimately made his list of guys who could go in the Rule Five tomorrow. So I thought I had to throw that out there. Um, what a day! <laughs> what a day. Uh, it has been a fun one. We appreciate all of you joining us. We appreciate all of you subscribing. Guardians fans or not, we appreciate all of you who jumped in and joined as we filled a, what is obviously a gap for Major League Baseball. They did not put enough coverage to not understand the want on their product. We we're happy yeah, to go be here. Back and, go back. We did an hour live during yeah. the, uh, the, the the lottery. So anything we didn't cover here, we talked more in yeah. depth about over there too. You've so. got two and hours of content between yeah, all of our videos today. Yeah, if you didn't get your fill from this episode and you want more, that's where you need to go is go check out our live from this afternoon. But uh, that's what we got tomorrow. Rule five heavy and then maybe mock draft Friday. Let us know what you want to hear and uh, put it in the comments below. Thank you all for joining us on this wonderful Cleveland holiday of Guardians first overall draft. Go, go, Guardians. Go pick first.